This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1 and there's great value for you at even that level. So please join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch dice today. Welcome back, Initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. Journeying into the past, the mystery punchers had to solve the case of the crying ghost, we learned how Adrian won Richter over to their cause. Tracy impressed Richter with her talent for lying, and Sally confessed that she was involved with the symbol of the entombed eye. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. The entire vet office smells of burnt worm. And as disgusting as that smell is, Red, it at least means that these fucking things are dead and gone. And admittedly, over the past little while, 
You've come to realize that just putting things down might not be the entire solution that's warranted. Sometimes burning them to ash might be the better call for making sure that uh, bad things stay bad. Uh, buried, rather. Um, Adrian and uh, Old Man Richter, you've awoken uh, from the, uh, the, the sort of shared vision you had um, of the temple. Um, and uh, you all find yourselves um, in a small vet office. Um, Red, uh, you see them uh, awake, and obviously uh, Richter has just run over to grab Adrian's hand to, to check for a symbol, but um, finding nothing, um, the, uh, the three of you are left to catch up. So first and foremost, as you're no doubt worried about your health, sanity, and luck, um, as you'll recall, um, with luck, you are rolling uh, a d100 and trying to get over your current luck in order to gain the most possible luck back. If you get under, uh, you get slightly less, but you still get some. In terms of sanity, um, we're going to say that from here you're actually able to catch a, a quick breather. Um, so... Uh, similarly... Um, Roll a d100, uh, result of 1 to 95 is a success. Uh, 96 to 100, um, you are having a rough time. Cool. So I rolled under my luck. Okay, so you get uh, 2d10 plus 5. Okay. Oh. Uh, 6, 11. 2d10 when you're under? Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, Red, you rolled under your luck? Yes. I'm sorry, I fucked that up. Uh, so you get one uh, d10 plus five. Oh, ooh, okay. I rolled over mine, but yeah, I know the rules. I'm ready. I'm uh, ready. So you get two uh, d10 plus ten. I was wrong about the plus five. Got zero? me up to nineteen. Um, does, does zero count as a ten or a zero? Zero. Damn it. Oh, okay, that's fine. Tom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I sorry, we had to roll. I rolled the the good sanity number. What does that mean? Uh, yeah. You get uh, <laughs> D three sanity back. That's well under ninety five. Yeah, so, I got thirty. Great. So roll a D six, um, and uh, divide it by two. So like one and two is one, two and three. Sorry, one and two is one, three and four is two, five and six is three. Got so that sweet sweet one. Fuck yeah! Get damn sanity's back. Oh, More I saner got... than when I started. Okay, so I rolled a five. So that means you get three. Three points of sanity. Oh, wow. Not too okay. shabby. So what did the doctor do for our health, Tom? Um, for health, um, you're in a similar ballpark, I believe. So go ahead and roll your... Uh, fucking hell. I hate looking things up in these goddamn books. <laughs> Um, I assume, Ryan, you're looking to heal up. Is that correct? Yeah, I wouldn't say no to that. Say no to All this. All right. Um, let me just find this. Da, 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 da. No, why, why would you list wounds? Why would you do that? Who, who needs that? No one needs that. Is healing a thing? 
Uh, oh, great. Just six different pages for hit points. Fantastic. One of these will surely have the answers we require. Pulp Cthulhu, where it's the fast, easy-to-play version. <laughs> that refers you back to the other book for health. Oh, my God. Maybe it's trying to drive you mad. Uh, it is working. Um, okay, so um, roll a con check. Cool, Tom, I rolled... <sighs> I rolled a hundred. I rolled two tens. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, you gain no recovery. Cool. Wait, double check because there's a ten on the uh, one of the dice, but then there is also double zero. So you might have just rolled a ten instead of. Did you get three zeros? Uh, I only have d tens available, so I have to roll. One for my my tens and then the other. So I don't so know. I rolled you got two double tens. zeros. It just says ten, Tyler. <laughs> I rolled it on Google. I don't know if it double zeros is an option. Fucking roll it again, then, man. <laughs> like roll it with an actual D. Like look up D one hundred on. I'm, I'm, they must have a D one hundred roller on the interbuds. Okay. Uh, two tens um, would be ten. Okay, so then Ryan, you recover. Uh, that's an extreme success, so you recover two d three hit points. Oh, okay, cool. D three. <clears throat> All right. Is everyone sufficiently sanitied, lucked, and healed? Yep. As yeah. much so as possible. I mean, right. I'm I'm at 24 out of 32 hit points, but I don't know. I healed up from, I originally had 23 hit points, and I got healed all the way up to my max, uh, which is 24. So, doing pretty good. <laughs> uh, the doctor's aid, uh, Ryan, will account for an additional three. Ooh, nice. He is way better at healing me than I am at healing myself. Funny how that Funny works. How doctors, doctors, <laughs> doctors do that. Yeah, Tom and I um, went for the same joke. Yep. High five through the webcam. Bam. Uh, cool. Okay. So um, I assume you catch each other up on kind of what, what occurred. Um, Red, uh, hearing about this worm situation, uh, does this sound real to you or does this sound like bullshit? I think it sounds real. It's just insane. But I think the longer that this goes on and her stay in Helmfirth goes on, the insane becomes a lot more uh, uh, not understandable, but realistic. Gotcha. Um, do you, uh, Richter, um, since Adrian was kind of running around fighting worms most of the time, uh, or no, you, you held the heart out over the fire, is that correct? Yes, I was destroying the hearts, and he was literally facing right, down right. this giant worm. Yeah. So then you you had more of a chance to observe what was going on. Um, how would you describe it all to Red? Also going up, this is off of Tyler's memory as well. Um, <clears throat> Richter would ex yes. explain it to Red basically as being like, I had the sense that we were in some kind of ancient temples, there were hieroglyphs. Um, I could not completely translate them. They may not have been Egyptian per se, but they were, they were symbols. 
und there was mention of the great suggesta und I went to an altar und I held hearts, multiple hearts over the flame to kill this giant, giant beast, this writhing worm creature that poor Addy was fending off to protect me, to help me to get up to this altar. It was very strange. There was also a, a silhouette. There was a person, a man, I think, but I cannot be certain. I, I cannot shake the feelings that they were smiling at me. I only saw their shape, but somehow I knew they were smiling. Okay, so I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here in the sense that you two have been doubting me about this for the past day. And I understand how frustrating it is, but I want to say that this is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, isn't it wonderful? Really, no. really something what, what going on here. I've been telling you this whole time that you ingested something that put this worm in your brains and she gesticulates violently towards the now flaming worm in this trash can. And uh, both of you didn't believe me because you were clearly under the influence of whatever the hell it was. So I believe, I believe you. I just don't know what to make of what you're saying. Actually, um, uh, a good point. Uh, Tom, now that we are free of the worm's influence, do we recall clearly having these like very different opinions of like, oh yeah, that guy's, he's got, he's the man for the job and you well, still, worms, you're out yeah, of your mind. You still remember believing it. Um, mm -hmm. It's one of those things where you're now, you no longer feel that way. You can't remember why you did. Um, but it's not like, um, you know, a full blank. It's not like there's nothing there. It's just, it's almost like your opinion has changed. You, okay. re you thinking and back on it, still remember believing in it wholeheartedly. Um, do we remember what um, TJ's wife, I can't remember the mayor's wife's name, um, what it was that she did to put worms in our heads? Uh, you don't, we don't, but okay. you suspect that's largely because you were likely drugged and then okay. the worm insertion process wasn't exactly a, uh, a clean, memorable thing. If sure. that makes any sense. Yep. Yeah, so I met preteen Jesus and fought a worm. What do we do now? Back up. What? Uh, gee, no, no, let's... Let's go to this Jesus thing. Honey, Jesus isn't, I mean, I don't want to get too theological here, but I don't think Jesus is either real or appearing to you in your visions. That's okay. He loves you anyways. I do not recall seeing a Jesus figure in our shared vision, Addy. Well, what did you see? You just saw I, some guy looking at you, and then you burned hearts. I was fighting a guy in the maze. You were He's fighting a guy? White. Well, it's a worm, but I probably <laughs> like a guy. And then I, you saw Jesus. There was a little Jesus. He helped me and said, go there, do this. Did he I'm say his you. name was Jesus, honey? Well, I was kind of busy. So was he, because there was a worm. So, I mean, he didn't say it. You say he was little? Littler than me. How little? Tell me when to stop with my hand. Uh, there. And like, <laughs> Richter's hand is like at his hip. It's like, 
Is this was a child or a pygmy? <laughs> I, I don't. Why do I have to answer all these questions? I won the fight and we're back here. Well, yeah, the questions uh, are not meant to vex you, Addy. I am extremely interested in hearing your stories. This is uh, fascinating to me. So quick point of order just for my own brain here, Ryan. Um, at the end of the vision, you acknowledged that mm. Addy recognized the kid. Did you recognize him as Jesus? Because you did say nice to meet me too before you jumped back through. So is Addy aware that he met himself or is this just how he's interpreting it now that he's awake? I think it's the different interpretation now that he's awake where like gotcha. he's got to rationalize it in some way. But I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. But that's the more they ask, cool. the less the whole thing makes sense. Mm. I, th- I just wanted to know what comes next. I don't- Addy, Addy. It's okay. You did You did real good, honey. You did real good, and I'm very proud of you, and I do not want to put the strain on you. I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. Uh, could it have been anybody else that you saw in your dream? Fine. I met me. What do you mean you met you, Addy? I just want to know what to do next. You're, you're, you're asking me for things to make sense, and things don't make sense. I I am merely asking what you saw, and when you tell me what you saw, I only want more detail. I don't think you are lying. I don't think you are wrong, Eddie. I just want more information. This is all very intriguing to me. I saw Jesus me. He was me, but he was little. And he was Jesus me, and he said, fight the worm and stuff, and I don't really remember what he said, and he sort of, it, it sounded like me, and then I thought it was me, and then I came out and you can't meet you, so... Ryan, can, Jesus. You roll me a, can you roll me an int check, please? That's... It's a hard success. <laughs> wow! <laughs> cool. Uh, hey, Adrian, why don't you explain what happened? All right, so I was there, and I was trying to figure out... Exactly what happened. So I was going through the maze, and then a younger version of myself appeared who seemed to have his full intellectual faculties, and he led me through the maze, appearing around corners, suggesting ways that the worm could be defeated, and then in the end standing with me and recognizing me as I returned to my physical form, assuming this worm creature was completed. So, I mean, that's what happened. Thank you. Yep. Uh, So, Red, that happened... Adrian? Yeah, so like, what do we do now? No, 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 go back. What? I don't want to go back to the worm place. That place sucked. Did you just hear yourself? What? God damn it. God damn it. That was like the young Addie, the child that I He is in there. Well, no, I grew up. That is fascinating. Uh, the vet's like, listen, um, this all seems to be pretty big stuff for all of you. Um, this is all super illegal, though. So if you guys wouldn't mind, like, heading out, that'd yeah, be great. Yeah, we'll get out of here. Oh, yeah, we got to We need to go you. find more worms. Look at the effects they've had on Auntie. We do not need to go find more of those things, Richter. Wait, yeah. do I get smarter if we put worms in my head? No. No, we're not putting worms in your head, Mr. 
Mr. Dr. Surgeon, thank you, thank you very much for your time and expertise and uh, bucket in which to throw <laughs> these things. I would appreciate you not speaking of this. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. I run a shady medical practice out of my veterinary clinic. I very good at not talking about these things. Uh, do me a favor, though. Uh, do tell Robert uh, that we're even. Would you? I can do that. Great. Um, well, thank you. And uh, please consider me for all your pet-related needs. Oh, we don't have any pets. But if we did, you know, well, you'll be first on our list. Well, well we got senior ice cream. We, we're, not, we're not keeping the dog, honey. No, that's my dog. I bought it. Okay. Do you sell any of the donkeys I saw in the back? Uh, donkeys? No. Yeah, they got fluffy ears and they like to eat carrots. You know, donkeys. <laughs> I mean, donkeys do have fluffy ears and do like to eat carrots. I've got some bunnies. Oh, yeah, 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 donkeys. I'd like three. It's, a, it's okay. You know what, Ad, uh, Addy, let's, let's come back for, for the donkeys. Well, we'll get out of your hair now, sir. Uh, he, he just nods, and he, as you go to leave, he just leans in, and he's like, I'll pick out the three smartest ones for you. Oh, thank you. Uh, and I'll give him $5. <laughs> and he, he looks at the $5, and he's like, oh, wow. You sure you only want three? Yeah. yeah. I don't think Red wants me to have more. Three seems like enough. We can come back for three. I got permission. Red, can you roll me a listen check? Mm-hmm. And that is a hard success. Okay. Uh, so, yes, Claire, all of the angry listening acting you've been doing is appropriate because you have heard this whole exchange. Well, yes, we'll be back for the bunnies, she what? says. No, I want a donkey. No, okay, uh, And with that, now. you make your way out. Um, so... Um, you arrive at uh, the motel to find that uh, Devin has left you a note. Um, basically suggesting that, uh, particularly based on, um, the news that Red is, like, a fugitive now, um, that he thinks this is, uh, basically burnt, uh, this location is burnt. Um, so, uh, instead, um, he, uh, has gone in search of a new hideout, um, that you guys can kind of temporarily, uh, take over. What do you think your interim hideout is in Helmfirth? Um, you can't go back to Old Man Richter's store just yet. Um, it's safely boarded up and secured, but unfortunately is is clearly under watch. Um, Red, having uh, Splinter, having uh, accused you of leading the um, uh, the shoelace attack on um, the fair, means that uh, you are now kind of public enemy number one in Helmfirth. Um, luckily you were dressed like a mummy, so no one noticed, but, um, it's now a growing concern. Um, places you do have access to, uh, you have the Diesel family, um, estate. Yeah. Um, you have Old Man Richter's house and his store. Um, Red, you likely also have a family home, but it was probably sold. Mm -hmm. after you disappeared. So I think that's kind of what you have available to you right now. Uh, as you established, Devin isn't from here. Um, you also have Benny's apartment, but given that Benny is clearly tied up in this in some way, shape, or form, um, you're not quite sure how safe that would be. So where do you think you guys would, would set up shop for now? I was going to suggest Adrian's house, but... Yeah. Sure. Adrian would also suggest that. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so you make your way to the Diesel House. Um, 
the uh, the place feels different um, now that the uh, the ghost of Sprinkles and uh, the long-serving groundskeeper have been put to rest. Um, but um, yeah, you uh, arrive to the house. It's sort of just as empty as you left it. Um, and uh, you kind of send word to Devin, who said he'd be hiding kind of at like a, a rest stop nearby. Um, so you're able to send word to him. Uh, to come meet you here. It'll take him yeah, a couple days, yeah. and he'll bring the rest of the, the gear. So we'll say also over the span of, if you do want to take a couple days to kind of rest up, I'll let you all roll um, first aid, sanity, and not luck. Luck's just by session. Um, but given... going to say, Devin has Mayor Haney, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. That was also part of his reasoning for getting out of the motel was like, this, we can only keep this going for so long. Um, yeah. And given that Haney's a bit of a a loose cannon at this point, might have been like, sure, man, let's get out of town. Helmforth is fucked. I'm mm. down the road at the diner. Let me know when I can bring him back. <laughs> um, <laughs> so do you take a couple days to recuperate, do you think? It has been uh, a bit of a bit of a do. There also isn't an immediate... Yeah. Up till now, you've been kind of going from thing to thing to thing in a very immediate sense. But given that the mayoral race is over um, and the new order has been established, there's no huge benefit to you acting very quickly um, other than just general impatience with the, the state of affairs. Who, sorry, who was elected mayor? Um, it was uh, the property developer. Um, oh, that guy, right. Okay. Right. Uh, Greaves. Montgomery yes. Greaves. Right. Well, I mean, I think based on like her dealings in uh, the Boston, I think laying low for a couple of days is probably, um, you know, focus numero uno. It'll also take, um, admittedly, we'll take Devin a few days to get the word as to where you are um, yeah. and also get back. Um, okay, cool. So go ahead and roll on your um, uh, your health checks again if you need it. Sorry, please re- uh, remind yeah, me no how worries. to do a health check. Uh, the easiest way to do it is a first aid check. Okay. Um, there's the, the way we've been doing it um, is kind of the natural healing over time. Um, but if you can swing a first aid check, it will heal you up a lot faster. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I cannot. That is a fail for sure. Hey everybody, Tom McGee here, your friendly neighborhood DM, and I just wanted to thank you so much for listening to our shows. I hope you're having a great time. Obviously we are. I'm probably really stressed because they're they're probably doing something horrible to me right now, but uh, I hope you're enjoying it, and uh, we're enjoying you being here. And listen, if you want to get a little bit more involved uh, in our show and with the various things we do, you can check out patreon.com slash dumdumdice where you can find more information about how you can become a part of the show, how you can screw with me on air, how you can add names and all that sort of stuff. And it's a great way to support us in our ongoing dumb adventures. So thanks very much for joining us. And I will see you out there in the dumbverse. So red, um, given that you're still recovering from, mm-hmm. uh, your car accident, like you, you do some minor, uh, healing adjustments, but like your body is still a fucking like mess of bruises and scars and, uh, stitches, so not uh, not a huge, not, no, no no huge gains. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, how about you? Uh, I'm I gained one health point. Great, which is enough to get me to max anyway. So nice. <laughs> he's a, a nice, sleepy, well rested boy.
The moment Adrian gets told we're just hanging out here for a couple of days, he doesn't have to worry about anything. Mm-hmm. He's just living that Adrian life. Probably dreaming a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. With like young him and other shit having gone on. I think there's some weird merging there that doesn't quite make sense to him. Um, yeah. And Ryan, I think the, the way we'll, we'll play that is very much um, the way we just did, which is um, you're now kind of in communication with, with that side of yourself, but it's not... It's not a separate personality. It's just a different lens through which to filter. Like, it's not like a Jekyll and Hyde thing where there's like a different Addy who's inside. It's or, sorry. It's not like a modern interpretation of Jekyll and Hyde where there's two distinct entities that share a body. It's the old version where it's the same guy. He's just letting his worst side out. So like, I think the way you did it now is kind of how we'll play this, which is every so often I'll ask you to take one of those roles. If you succeed, then like, um, modern Adrian is filtered through Addy, um, but it's not like there's a distinctly different human in your brain, because uh, it's also just a really shitty way to deal with trauma and everything else. Um, you're very much who you are. You just have different ways of expressing it. Cool. Uh, all right. So, yeah, so you spend a few days. Um, Adrian, which room do you take in your mansion? My room from when I was a kid. It'd just be the same room at all times. Great. Um, Richter, this is your first chance to explore the Diesel Manor. Um, do you think you would do any exploring or would you just kind of uh, politely stick to the rivers and the lakes you're used to? <laughs> um, if, uh, I think under different circumstances, Richter would be very interested in exploring, especially if he knew about the groundskeeper and sprinkles. Mm-hmm. Um, however, they are recovering from a very trying ordeal. And I think he's also thinking about preparing for the next trying ordeal. That is mm-hmm. like, he knows that Captain Reinheimer is still out there and is expecting Richter to cooperate. And it sounds like travel some degree to, to mm-hmm. meet with, with Ingrid or to talk about Ingrid. Um, so he would probably be kind of prepping for, for that. Do you think you would go back to your house or knowing that Reinheimer is kind of likely watching the place that you wouldn't? I don't think he's actively avoiding Reinheimer. I think Mm -hmm. if he needs, if he needs to go back to his house for research material and books and things like that, yeah, he would do that. Or he'd go to his shop and get what he needs kind of things, but he would just like bring it back to like home base being, uh, the diesel manor for now. Okay. Um, so how do you think you spend your days then? We'll say it's two days. Um, God, see, I was trying to go back and find my old notes. I've, for those of you listening, I've got like, I've just recently got dedicated notebooks for each show. Now I used to basically do every show in one notebook and I would have to go back multiple pages of multiple different recordings for different shows. You'd have to to be a lunatic to do that. He says, raising his one notebook that has all of our shows running in it that I have to flip through like a goddamn idiot every time you're like yeah <laughs> so I'm referring to old notes um the king in yellow I would still be interested in finding mm. more about um I would be interested always about reading up and finding out more about the entombed eye because that's wh- what I know now uh Devin uh, has brought Devin here mm-hmm. and that he and Benny were working on that yep um studying this this peculiar weapon that Reinheimer supplied mm-hmm. me with, provided me with. Like, there's a lot of different kind of, there's a lot of potential for research to be gotcha. done here. Like, there's so many unanswered questions. Um, and I don't think Richter is the kind to just kind of 
hang around in fr- with his free time, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think he would like his relaxation would be like, wouldn't it be nice and uh, a nice relief to like know what this thing is? Right. Kind of. Gotcha. Uh, and Red, how do you think you spend your downtime? Watching Addie. Like, like not like a creeper, but just like, like keeping an eye on him. I, I think she's particularly haunted by what just happened in the vet's office. Um, and so just kind of like keeping an eye on him to see if it happens again. Uh, or like being around his old stuff or his old room, whether that, you know, brings any sort of change in him. Um, I think she also kind of is like keeping an ear to the ground in terms of the new mayor, uh, what's going on with him. Um, we still have all that like stuff with Benny Jones being potentially killed because of the mayoral mm-hmm. election. And we never kind of, it's still um, an, an open. Yes. An, yeah. So I think that would be her next priority is like, <laughs> she probably just like, well, let's fucking kidnap this guy <laughs> and beat the information out of him. I do also want to say that that is also stuff that Richter's interested in. Like, it's not like I'm not, if I'm yeah, omitting yeah. anything, it's not on purpose. It's because I took bad notes and they're over yeah, the yeah. course of multiple sessions interspersed with other podcasts. And, um, uh, okay, so Adrian, we talked about you just kind of um, getting to be yourself for a bit. Um, what do you think that looks like for the, the two days? Um, hanging out with that, like, Red is following you around weirdly. Yeah, but that wouldn't bother him. Like, mm-hmm. she can kind of do whatever she wants. I feel like he'd spend at least an hour or two a day uh, petting Sprinkles, uh, the physical cat that is in the house. I don't think the cat likes it, but he does it. And it's two hours on the dock. Just like, say for an hour time. or two. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. And then I think he he would, like, go out and do yard work to keep the, the place clean because there's nobody else to do that. And I think he also would like it. And then he would do... His pickups and put downs, which is how he thinks of exercise, is literally just picking up a heavy thing and then putting it down again. I feel like he'd have some sort of routine he'd worked out. Uh, then trying to find a place he could get birthday cakes, just so that he'd have something to eat. Otherwise, eating what's made, but that's not as exciting as birthday cake. Understand. And then sleeping. I feel like he's almost mm. like he, he would seem incredibly zen to anyone else in his downtime because he's just living in that moment. Cool. So you spend two days um, recovering, um, researching, reading. Um, Richter, you are running up against the uh, the same frustration that you've had for some time um, with the Entombed Eye, that there just really is a tremendous lack of information in the resources that you have. Um, in terms of the weapon, um, you receive word from uh, Robert Walker on the second uh, early on the second day, he just like the ice cream truck, like drives by, uh, doesn't stop. Uh, but you kind of hear a thump. Um, and uh, going outside, you find a newspaper that's like c- clearly a front for like a notebook. Hmm. Um, so uh, in the notebook, um, uh, Robert explains that um, it kind of a, a lot of what you you sort of piece together by this point that it's it's. Um, far more advanced technology than anything anyone's seen. Um, there have been studies uh, done into this sort of tech, and the idea of, like, ray guns is kind of a known quantity amongst the ice cream men. Um, <laughs> but um, th- the current prototypes are similar to early computers. They're, like, full backpack, 
like it's uh, actually kind a little like bit closer saw with a little bit closer to that yeah yeah to with the uh the Marin Waiting's uh, uh mad scientist wife um like it's it really it's a big affair um whereas this is obviously very small and sleek mm-hmm. um and uh yeah he he's um in his own kind of like comments on it there's there's sort of like the standard analysis um but his kind of final note on it is like this is this is weird and upsetting even by the standards of a secret society that deals in weapons and assassination. So that should mean you should be very, very worried and very cautious about this. Uh, it's an incredibly powerful weapon, and if you need it, use it. But we also don't know what other attention this will draw, because even me just making these inquiries had a bunch of very scary people that I tend to avoid almost professionally start to pay attention to me. Okay. Um, he also mentions that it has been noted by the uh, the ice cream man that um, a weapon such as this was used in Helmfirth during the attack on uh, the Curiosity Shop. Okay. Well, we know that too. Uh, yeah, except that now it's um, other oh, that, organizations have, have noted it. Despite the fact that it was kind of um, covered up uh, generally speaking, in in a local sense, um, other groups are starting to notice that shit's going down in Helmfirth. Okay. Um, as to the King in Yellow, um, you can you roll me a library use check, please. It's high. Ooh, just sneaks in under the normal success. Mm. Um, you're able to find passing reference. Um, when I was doing my classics degree, this was like the most frustrating fucking thing that happened all the time because we lost all the plays. You'd mm. find like passing reference to like what would likely have been like ancient Greece's Hamlet. We don't have it. It doesn't exist anymore. And people just be like, fuck, man, this play was a game changer. And you're like, I, whoa. Um, so it's a lot of that. Um, okay. There's a reference to a play called The King in Yellow um, play, yes, that is okay. generally... Um, the only it's only mentioned in passing. There's there are no footnotes. There's no seeming next steps, um, and even the sources you're reading seem frustratingly tantalized by this this play. It it really is that like rare thing that it's it's such a hard thing to think of in our modern society because everything is so available to us digitally now that it doesn't happen that often. But like for me, it'd be like a rare comic book or magic, the gathering or like an old movie that never made the jump, um, to digital, digital, which is like, fuck, like enough people know about this, but it's clearly a rare, a rare thing. Um, okay. That said, uh, you said you had just a, a normal success, right? Yes. Okay. So that's, that's all you'll get from that for now. Okay. Um, you, how, because we've talked about how uh, dealing with the mythos for so long has vaguely scrambled Richter's brain. Mm-hmm. How aware is he when he's being influenced by the mythos, do you think? Oh, I mean, with the mystery punchers out of town for that good chunk of time, I would say he's not too aware of it because he's just okay. alone a lot. Yeah, so, fair enough. Yeah, that's kind of where I was How could he tell? Well. Yeah. Because I, I will say just so like Tyler, the player, knows um, – you are unnecessarily excited about this play every time Richter reads about it. Like it's, um, 
I mean, the closest parallel I've got like these days is anytime I hear about a video game I really want to play that isn't out just yet. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, fuck, I really want to play that game. It's it's an unreasonable... I'm like, I've got a stack of games that are also very good that I could play instead, but I'm just mm-hmm. fucking, I want this one. Um, so it's a lot of that. Like, okay. you you intend to spend time kind of researching everything, and you fall into a habit of just kind of reading as much as you can find about The King in Yellow and rereading it and thinking about it. Okay, and I, and I just keep coming upon it's some kind of play, no real details... Um, just that it's, uh, it's spoken of, it's, it's a play, it's rare, um, and it seems to be something that uh, the most interesting people you can read about are desperate to see, and or the people who have seen it rave about, that it's just the most incredible, honestly, it's like when Hamilton was still not a famous thing, but all the, like, the hardcore Broadway nerds, Miles is one, um, we're just like, no, there's this fucking thing coming and it's insane and everyone's going to mm. love it and it's crazy and you should listen to it. I'm like, bullshit, I'll get there eventually. And then it hits and you're like, oh, that thing you told me about, <laughs> fuck. Um, okay. It does seem odd that this mural painter knew about it though. That doesn't make any fucking sense to you at all. Okay. Um, cool. So, Red, you spend a lot of time watching Addy and uh or adrian rather and nothing uh you know he seems to be the same adrian that you've known um for years um i think there's an interesting dichotomy starting to form in your understanding of him that you kind of thought like when the church collapsed that it essentially like flicked a switch in his brain and now he's this guy um, and I think you're starting to realize that that's not the case, that he is, uh, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche to be like, he contains multitudes, but that um, your perception of this current iteration of Adrian might be a little more binary than, mm. than you at first thought. Um, I think part of you always hoped that he would, quote, quote, come back. Yeah. Uh, and now you're starting to realize that there is no comeback because he didn't ever leave. Um, it's just an altered state of of uh, the child you knew, which I imagine does weird things to your guilt complex um, in that it's a bit of a relief that, you know, I mean, I feel like it both is and isn't. It, it's a relief in that, you know, the, the child you knew isn't gone, but now there's new guilt because you were kind of, I think, considering this Adrian less. And realizing that is a hard thing, I think, that, like, oh, I was... As in, like, think lesser of him? Um, yeah, in that um, it, it's something that happens with uh, disability a lot, where people are like, oh, your life is lesser because you have this disability, rather than, like, oh, no, just, like, society kind of fucks you by not allowing you to, to live to your, your utmost. It's actually not a you thing, it's an everything else thing. Mm-hmm. And I think coming to the realization that, like... You know, it's like all those fucking time travel movies where they're like, oh, like, it's okay, I can die, because if, if this works, then you'll go back to the good timeline where we're married and everything's nice. And it's like, it's kind of gross, because you're sort of like, I'm willing to wipe out all of these unique lives in order to just have mine back. Mm-hmm. And all of the fucking movies just jump over it or make it so terrible that there's, like, no way you could possibly want that version. Um, and I think coming to the realization that you've been thinking that is probably a bit rough, because honestly, this Adrian has been your companion Mm-hmm. longer than child yeah. Adrian was. Um, so I think that's kind of what you gain of the two days. You see no more flashes of um, 
of like young Addy. Um, he sure loves that cat. Um, here's a question. Do you help him procure birthday cake? Yes. Okay. Um, my other question for you, Red, is given that you are now a known quantity and on the lamb, um, what, if anything, are you thinking about your kind of persona going forward? Are you okay with just being an outlaw who is around? Um, are you trying to figure out a way to absolve yourself? What's Where are you at? Uh, definitely not absolve myself. I think more just like... Um constructing until we figure all of this stuff out constructing a different persona that can slip under the radar a bit more and whether that means yep. like wearing different clothes um like like you know maybe changing her hair a bit like doing the spy movie dealio cool okay what's the uh what what is red's new look and persona bright colors uh-oh like um, just very, you know, like trying to trying to fit into small town life here in Humphreth. Are we talking like dresses and skirts too? Like is she No dresses. I was gonna say how uh, bad Yeah, is I it? was also wondering how deep she's going on the <laughs> so, so we're talking zoot suit the mask. <laughs> she's already got the she's already like practically a zoot suit. Um uh, but like, no, but Admittedly, she's they are like, very in at this particular moment in history. But that's yeah. I'm just talking bright yellow, peacock feather. Who oh, knows what's going on? No, like less like like getting rid of the whole gangster kind of perspective and like, you know, wearing I don't know what women wore. Do they wear pants in the twenties? Um, Probably not. Well, the good news is you're you're coming off of the flappers into the 30s. So actually, women's fashion was all over the fucking map. Great. So I think maybe if we think of it more as, um, like, what would later be... I mean, honestly, the mask is, is not a bad parallel, but rather than zoot suits, if it's more like the big, flowy, like, big collar, big ruffs, like, um, that sort of shirt um, over, yeah. like, zoot suit pants... Maybe moving into more of like, um, uh, I assume you ditch the hat. Um, I, I mean, I'm keeping it at the house, but yes, I will wear a different hat. She'll okay, probably so, put all of her hair underneath it. Okay, so more of like the flapper hat, so small, sure. sort of rounded, yeah, some kind of fascinator. So basically, you just look like um, uh, a Gatsby eccentric rather than like a gangster. Is that kind of what we're going for? Yeah. Okay. And like colors. What's like, uh, just like... what's this new persona's name? Ooh, um, her name is Violet. Right. Oh, I see what you did there. Mm. <laughs> um, so um, by the end of the second day, everyone's starting to get a bit antsy. Um, Richter can't stop talking about. Oh, sorry, Ryan. I was gonna say, Tom. I, it's a weird thing, but I have to ask a question about this merged Addy Adrian yep, yep. thought. Because there's one thing that when the merge hits that I think might affect things moving forwards, which is Addie is theoretically aware of death and the concept of murder and the concept of crimes and the moral and ethical complications. And Adrian is not. Adrian mm -hmm. is an innocent babe who just loves hanging out, mm -hmm. doing what Red says, or he'd literally be just as happy on this property. Mm -hmm. So we should just flag the moment where Adrian becomes aware or Addie is present enough that Adrian is aware of the life that Red has kind of led him into unknowingly, because I think that's that would be a spooky day for both yep. of them. 
So we'll keep an eye on that. Um, I will say it may never happen. There's I was no going to say I, I will. Yeah. I will say it, it may never happen. Uh, we're going to play it on a, a case by case basis. It might, um, but admittedly, I think we're also going to discover based on when this flares up. In this case, it flared up. I think because you were in, to my mind at least. Uh, I mean, fuck it. I'm I'm the weird god of this game. I can tell you what happened this time. Um, it happened this time because uh, Adrian was having such a fucking hard time explaining something that it side slipped into just like, okay, like essentially it's the equivalent of what don't you idiots understand it's this. Um, but yes, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Yeah. I'm not saying, yeah. Cause I wanted to be clear. I'm not saying we have to go there. I'm not even saying it's a thing. I just wanted to but flag it is, that it's like it is the worth, one weird yep, narrative line totally. that exists. Um, so by the end of the second day, um, everyone started to get a bit antsy. Uh, Richter can't stop going on about the, the, the King in yellow and how excited that he would be to find this and kind of how, like, I also think there are, you did go back to the store at one point and like looted through everything to try and find a copy of it. Yeah. Um, to no, sadly, no, no avail. Um, Red, you've been observing, uh, as you've been kind of crafting this new persona, you've been observing Adrian and, um, there've been no more signs of, uh, of Addy. Um, you did manage to get him a cake. Um, the lady at the store just fucking loved Violet. Um, and I think it was a lot of you learning to mimic her, uh, like this, this lady runs this like bakery downtown. Um, but, uh, luckily, um, you were able to kind of pass on unnoticed. So you, you feel like the persona is good enough. Um, you expected, uh, Devin by the end of today. Um, and he still hasn't shown up, which admittedly, given that he's got, uh, a pseudo kidnapped mare in tow is not <laughs> outside the realm. Um, However, um, what you aren't expecting is a series of three very brisk raps on the door um, that seemingly sort of breaks the spell of, of normalcy that you've, you've had going on. Uh, Devin doesn't seem like the three brisk knocks type. Um, who goes to the door? I do. So Violet, you open the door and uh, there is a um, a box uh, sitting on the stoop. Um, looking around, uh, there is no one in sight. It is a small mahogany box in beautiful polished wood um, with the stylized letter A um, carved into the the lid that you've you've seen um, a couple times before and on the ring on um, Haney's uh, finger. Um, the mayor, uh, former mayor. Um, you, yeah, it's just a, a box sitting there. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to open it before I bring it inside. Um, great. Uh, so you open it, um, and inside there is a, uh, it's sort of lined with red velvet. Um, there is a, uh, a card, um, that just says to whom it may concern, uh, and you recognize uh, Devin's ring finger. Oh. Well, that's threatening. Okay. Uh, what does the card say? Um, uh, you open the card, and yet again, in, in very um, sort of curling script, it just says, uh, to whom it may concern, we appreciate you helping us deal with this particular issue. However, we have now resecured the asset 
and are fine. We would appreciate it greatly if you looked no further into this. And although we have sent this somewhat threatening finger, rest assured no further harm will come to your friend as long as you cease all investigation into the former mayor and what he was up to. Many thanks. Well, I d Who was at the door? This town has a thing for body parts. What? Jesus. Grandpa, I think you might Ugh. know this. Wait, wait, and then we both like go out to the porch. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Hello. Maddie, um, you looking at the box, uh, you remember something. Uh, looking at that letter A, um, you feel like you used to know something about this. I feel like I used to know something about this. Um, Red, I believe you pocketed his ring when you explored his room back in the day? I think I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then you would recognize this as well. Um, kind of uh, going back for your bag, uh, you pull out the old decoder ring that uh, you found in, in um, Addie's room that seemed to be the last thing he was working on before uh, the tragedy at the church. And wouldn't you know it, it bears the same logo. Well, uh, Addie, can, honey, can you tell me anything about this? And she's going to show him the Dakota ring. Do you remember this? I don't know. Let me take a look. Uh, and then I, I don't know if it's muscle memory. Like, I don't know if this is like a Rubik's Cube where he just knows how to use I, it. I think, does it. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, it would um, be safe to say that. Uh, yeah, I think um, he's immediately flipping around and being like, I don't really know even what it is. And he's like expertly using it with his yeah. hands. Dexterously. And Richter, you're tracking the letters just because it's happening very quickly. I think Red's just fascinated by what's going on. Um, but uh, I think you, you kind of whip out your notebook and just mark what he's um, what he's jotting down. And um, yeah, sure enough, you click through it uh, very quickly and um, looking down at kind of what, what is written, um, you see the words, um, congratulations, seeker, you have proven yourself worthy. Come find us, the Ambrosia Institute. Well, I didn't do anything, but I think Grandpa Richard solved it. <laughs> Rita, have you ever heard of this institute? Have I, I? have not. No. No, the Ambrosia Institute is not familiar to me. Well, obviously they're connected with uh, these gentlemen uh, who are running this con in town. Where did you get that ring? From Red. And where did Red get the ring from? Ah, uh, it was, um, I found it in your room, Addie, the last time we were here. Oh, uh, she got it from me. She got it from you. And when did you get it, Addie? The before time. When you were a child? Then is this your childhood home? It has been in your bedroom for some time, yeah? I think so. So the Ambrosia Institute has been around for some years. And... Addie received a ring from them as a child. Yes. 
Strange. Hmm. Do you... Maybe we should go there. Well, where is the Ambrosia Institute? Um, Addy, fucking everybody knows this. This is ridiculous. Uh, you grab them each by the hand, uh, leaving the box, I assume. Um, and, uh, drag them up to your room where on your old cork board, um, there is, um, a a somewhat now faded map, uh, of the coastline. And, um, there is, uh, Richter, as soon as you see his desk, like you can see the, the pieces of the puzzle he assembled. And it seems like, uh, it's the back page of a number of, um, uh, pulp magazines and scientific journals like it, there really does seem to be a variety but each of them has this a which visually it's like one of those um almost like the um not quite the masons but um just kind of a very stylized uh almost like a compass uh not okay. like um not like a looking north south but like drawing compass mm-hmm. uh letter a um and sure enough, like, this is the kind of puzzle you fucking live for because it's clearly spread across multiple sources. But whatever Adrian was up to as a kid, he managed to to find it. And uh, there is a single red pin on this map um, dug deep into a city simply labeled as Arkham. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan Laplante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M R K R. Our theme songs are Dark alleys and sentinel by kai engel and our ads use the tracks no control and chiefs by jazzar j-a-h-z-z-a-r and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org when it comes to dum-dums and dice you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com our twitter and instagram are dumdumdice and on facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice we have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Anthony Griffin, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In June of 2020, an amateur podcaster disappeared from the Carson National Forest while searching for the legendary Finn Treasure. But he was adamant that he was onto something big. He was obsessed. He showed her some hand-drawn map to a treasure out in northern New Mexico. The subjective truth is part treasure hunt, part paranormal docudrama. Starring Addison Peacock as Graham Anderson. Back at home, I placed the box on the counter 
and I just stared at it for a while. You'd never be able to guess its social impact on the human race by looking at its simplistic design. UFOs, ghosts, reincarnation, and liars. This is The Subjective Truth. Subscribe now. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.